0: Hello, friends. I am Lynn McLaughlin.
1: And I'm Karen Iverson Riggers. And this is Real Real Vibes Vibes Only. (laughs) Let's get real, real emotions, real experiences. Join us to explore authenticity and how to get real with yourself and others. Hello, everyone. And welcome back to another episode of Real Vibes Only. Or if this is your first time listening and joining us, welcome. Um, As we like to say, if you are looking for a professionally produced podcast, this is not it. (laughs) Because this is real. This is real vibes only, where we talk about real emotions, real stuff. We get real. And it's also just really us, (laughs) authentically us.
0: We have no editors or mixers.
1: No, 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 we do not. You're looking at it right here. So, hey, everyone, um, this is Karen Iverson-Rickers. I am here with my person, my co-conspirator. Oh, my gosh. Now I am doubting myself in pronouncing your last name. So say it again.
0: Lynn McLaughlin. It's like okay. An-
1: it's like an F. Um, yeah, friends, we've known each other like forever. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm pronouncing your last name incorrectly. <laughs> and so I was doubting myself in my head. So thank you. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. Okay. Now it's recorded. I know you ages. love me
0: no matter what.
1: Me too. Totally
0: <laughs> no matter. You can call me a lot of things.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So, yep, just authentic, real moments with us, which is partially what we're gonna be talking about today. So today we are gonna be talking about attachment and authenticity. These two really core needs that we have as humans that as we grow and develop, right, these are basic core needs that are essential to our development. But here's the tricky part, friends, that often happens. We often learn that we might have to sacrifice one of those to meet the other need. And this just, this doesn't happen just as kids either. This happens as adults. I can think of so many times that I have sacrificed my authenticity, my true and core self in the name of attachment, in the name of finding, um, and I, I don't even really want to call it connection because it's a little more and a little different than that when we're talking about attachment. So that might be helpful first, if we want to kind of dive in a little bit and just define attachment and authenticity. So I'll ask Lynn first, Lynn, when you think of authenticity, what comes to mind for you when you're thinking about defining authenticity or what it is or what it means to live authentically?
0: That's a really, really big question. Um, I think it's the ability to show up as myself without fear of judgment or condition or, I mean, the, the thing that's going through my head is when I am authentic, and I think this is that piece in between attachment and authenticity, is I do not have to modify who I am to connect. It's the ability, if I'm having a bad day, I can say, you know what, I'm not okay. And I'm not met with, well, the sun's out or whatever that might look like. And it's, and it's knowing. So it's not only knowing that i can show up that way that i'm accepted that way but it's really an inner journey of even figuring that out i know for many many years because of a lot of different lived experiences that i had and i still do it um modifying who i am to feel that connection and whether that was you know intimate relationships friendships family almost knocked my cup over. That's how big of a thing that was. Um, all of the times that I, I hid who I was to feel be- feel a sense of belonging, to feel connected to other people. And I think there's a lot of different ways that it becomes rather than attachment and connection, it becomes attachment or, or I'm sorry, attachment and authenticity instead of attachment or authenticity. And I think we're challenged with that in all kinds of different situations based on what we have as far as lived experience. It was a really long answer.
1: That was a really good answer. (laughs) It was an authentic answer. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Complete with hand gestures and everything. And knocking over cups. And knocking (laughs) over. (laughs) <laughs> when I think about when I think about authenticity, something that you said really like struck a chord with me. And that was when you were talking about the,, um, the giving up of ourselves to maybe fit in or to be accepted by others. And the shifting of that, right? What might be authentic and feel authentic for me in this moment? probably looks really different than what it was 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. Or 30 years ago. Or even I can say it 40 years ago because of my age. <laughs> um so it it looks really different. It looks really different as we I think as we come to know ourselves and sometimes it's that process of coming to know what's authentic for us. Right, we might we might not even have taken the time to really sit with that, right? To know that ourselves. So this is like this is a total ongoing process and often a process of a process of time that it takes to to really to to dig into our authentic selves. Like we're born with this, right? We're born with this knowing. And so we often talk about when we talk about recovery, we often talk about uncovering. We talk about that all of us are in some process of recovery or uncovering because we know, like, we know who we are. It's just sometimes uncovering that to really be able to hear our own voice, sometimes for the first time amidst all the noise that happens about who I'm supposed to be and who other people have told me who I am and what society expects of me based on what they can see from my identity and all of these things that layer upon each other and layer upon each other and layer upon each other. And sometimes it's hard for us to hear our own voice amidst all that noise. But it's there. It's there.
0: It's there. And I, you know, the fact... So I could say almost 60 years. (laughs) Um, That's in the future, but not that far in the future. Um, But I remember how scary that was for me, you know, how scary it was to say, and there's so many products of conditioning that happen when we're little you know, um, whether it's family or whether it's religion or community or the education system, there's so many different ways we learn as kids that showing up authentically sometimes is okay. And sometimes isn't, you know, I'm thinking about a structured classroom where everyone's told to sit down and be quiet. Um, but their little minds are going and and they have things they would love to share with everyone. And, um, but how do you get class done? If everyone's being authentic and in, in a dream world, that would be wonderful. Or maybe we're headed that way. I don't know what that looks like. Um, But when I think about, I think one of the scariest moments in my life was when uh, my sister and I were having a conversation and, She challenged me on who I was, because my role in the family for many, many years was the scapegoat or kind of the outcast. I was the one that was blamed for a lot of things. So I held a lot of shame and I held a lot of what's wrong with me. And I remember my sister saying, what if that's not who you are? Who are you then? And I remember a feeling of panic. I remember a feeling of just deep, deep sadness that I had no idea. Um, And then I got the opportunity to do it. But seeing a blank slate, like, you mean I get to define all of it? I've never been given that freedom before is really, really scary. And I remember doing things as simple as eating something and going, do I really like this? Sit with it. I remember doing that with clothing. Do I really like that? Or am I, am I wearing this to, you know, portray a persona? And I, I know I still go through that in my mind. That's why I think it's an evolution. Um, for me personally, the more my authenticity was shut down in favor of connection, the less in touch I became with myself. And there's no shame in that. There's no, there's no, how could you let that happen? I mean, <laughs> that's one of the bigger pieces is when I got to that point of having a blank, a blank slate, really having incredible compassion for myself as a child, and understanding child development and how that works. Um, Yeah, the stuff is so good and so deep and can be really scary. Like remembering the first time I felt confident enough to say something out loud that might create conflict. Like that was really scary to me. Because I was, you know, I was conditioned, this is what you do. And this is what you say. And here's what you wear. And this is how you act. Um, that there wasn't a lot of room for authenticity. And yet I know that my, you know, when I talk about my childhood, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, there were lots of authentic moments as a child, it was not all, all, you know, just this horrible experience, Um There were moments of joy and authenticity and giggling and all of that
1: kind of stuff. Some of this um, conversation is springboarded by a quote that we found by Dr. Gabor Maté, which references quite a bit of what you were talking about with childhood. And the quote is, can I feel and express what I feel or do I have to suppress that in order to be acceptable, to be a good kid? to be a nice kid whoa yeah I remember the first time that I heard that Lynn I thought you you brought that quote and you were like oh my gosh and I was like oh my gosh right and and I think putting this in context too right and this is this like both and of this conversation I'm a parent and so I have some responsibility. I have some, this is what I see as part of my role in parenting is to foster learning about the world around my kids, helping them learn about the world around them. And we have natural instincts as humans to put things into boxes. This is the way that we survive, right? This is, and and so to have some understanding of that right because if you touch a hot stove and you burn your hand the next time you go to the stove what are you going to do you're going to look at the stove right is it on I might put my hand above it instead of touching the stove right if I'm remembering or if I'm in a hurry and I'm trying to cook dinner maybe not (laughs) but um but this idea of that some of this is, you know, putting these things in boxes and telling kids like, don't do that, or you shouldn't do that, or like all of these messages that I know I give, right? And part of this is my instinct to help my kids know how to be in the world around them. And what's going to be, I'm putting it in quotes, what's going to be acceptable or not acceptable, right? And then trying to break some of that too, right? And so if my child wears his t-shirt backwards I'm just gonna let him wear his t-shirt backwards to school it's fine like what it like <laughs> it's that it's but but I think about sometimes our instinct is to to be protective and so sometimes out of that right we're telling kids what's acceptable or not implicitly right or explicitly like really telling them or showing them and so this is this really difficult I want to name that this is so difficult, right? And to then honor that, right, with my parents who are just trying to figure out what to do and how to do it. And me, who's just trying to figure out how to do and what to do it. But when we think about, is there a sacrifice that we're asking little people to make around attachment and authenticity? Are we telling them they have to suppress some part of themselves to be acceptable, to be that good kid, nice kid?
0: One piece that I really, I really want to pull out of the Gabor Mate quote is that he's talking emotion. Can I feel and express what I feel or do I have to suppress that in order to be acceptable, to be a good kid, to be a nice kid. And I think about you know some of those pieces of conditioning, which you're spot on. There are things that we have to do as um, parents to help our children stay safe, to help them learn um, what it's like to be in community. There are all of those pieces. I think the point is if they respond to it with emotion, based on what we're trying to help them learn, are we willing to allow them to have the emotion? Like, let's say you said, you need to turn your t-shirt around in that moment. And they got really frustrated and upset and disappointed that they couldn't wear their shirt the way they wanted to. You know, maybe it was a safety issue where it was a hoodie and there were strings or whatever. And we allow them to feel that and we've talked before about emotions last 90 seconds if we were to allow them to feel that and even validate it and say i understand that you're disappointed and you're or even just you're feeling disappointed and you're feeling angry and i understand that and it's my job as a parent to keep you safe it's my job as a parent you know to help you make sense of the world. Um, So I love that he specifically is talking emotions. He's not even talking about what people do or don't do. Um, So yeah, really interesting. That just clicked for me. And especially when I'm thinking about, you know, that empty slate, a lot of that was personal preference stuff. Um, And I'm going to revisit that because what is my authenticity I, well we've been doing this for how many <laughs> for however long so I've been doing it for a while um but really doing that authentic check with my emotions in all places and all times too and and my response to other people's emotions around me so we've been doing it a while but it's it's just such a a deep concept and I I love that um it is, it is recognized and um, lifted up by such a, an incredible trauma expert
1: um, specifically talking about emotion. I feel like there's a moment in every podcast where I'm like, boom, I dropped the <laughs> microphone. That was, that was it, friends. That was it. This, <laughs> the, the, um, the thinking about and the processing of what... Our experience has been with emotion and what you just named Lynn that like can we be authentic with ourselves around emotion right about what we are really feeling and can we show that to others and what's that relationship been like with emotion for us and boom yeah <laughs> it's yeah. big stuff it's big stuff and it's a practice and it's a practice because when part of our experience has been and i think this might be true for just about everyone i think of all the people we've had conversations with around emotion and what they learned about emotion and what they've been told about emotion and for all of us, we have some sort of complicated relationship with emotion. And it might be certain emotions. It might be showing emotion. It might be embodying emotion, like really like holding that emotion. It could, it could be any or all of those things. And so this journey of really being authentic with our own emotional experiences is it's a practice and that totally a practice
0: it's a practice and that ability to have compassion for ourselves as we're developing and and growing into you know fully embodying who we are as emotional beings and God, I don't know if I'm going to get there. You know, I don't know when I'm going to get there. I don't know if I'm going to get there, Um, but I'm going to keep recognizing it. And I think it's really interesting too, especially when um, you have the opportunity to observe people. Uh, I'm thinking about, I used to, like when I would take Emma, and her friends to the mall, I would sit in the mall and just people watch. And as I was doing that, um, you know, all the different ways that people interact and all of that kind of stuff. And it's very interesting, especially around emotion, the way community reacts to emotion, as well as individuals and um, keep feeling peeps. (laughs) <laughs> keep feeling peeps it's it's so important that for those of us that are very comfortable with it to keep modeling that it's okay to have emotions in community it's okay um and i'm not talking harm um you know we often you know any kind of harm is not okay it's also very interesting as you do this journey this inner journey around emotion to see how you react to the expression of big emotion, you know, whether that's a child in a grocery store that's melting down and how the mom is trying to react and how people around her are um, whether it's judgments or whatever. And, and it's okay that the child is experiencing emotion, but everybody wants to rush in and either stop the emotion Or, like I said, there's judgment that the mom isn't stopping the emotion. And the reality is the emotion's okay. But does it make, like, this chill go down your spine when you think about it? It absolutely does. And it does for me. And trying to counter that and really come from a place of empathy, specifically around emotion, is... Is hard, it's challenging, um, it's freaking uncomfortable. Let's just name that. The the reaction, you know, if you can picture that, that mom in the store with a child, the discomfort that everyone's feeling around the emotion that the child is expressing is really evident by people's faces and all of that. And it's it's just it's very interesting. And I love that. We're here to be disruptors and um, uh, co-conspirators in breaking the way that we have a relationship with emotion in our life, inside us and
1: outside us. And I think so much of that is that inner journey that you talked about. Mm -hmm. Renee Brown quote of, gosh, I've like said it, I think like three times this week so far that we can only connect with others to the extent that we connect with ourselves. It's something like that. I'm like paraphrasing that a little bit, but this idea of holding, holding authentic space for our own emotion allows us to better be open to hold space for other people's emotion and that holding that authentically and really creating that space and, that helps to forge those bonds of attachment, right? So this is where we're like, this is this is how this happens, right? When we allow ourselves or we allow others to step into their full authenticity, right? Without judgment, with just being seen and heard just as you are, that creates and forges attachment.
0: Whoa. And I think the... <laughs> I saw your face. <laughs> that was very <pretty> good. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a boom moment. I saw it on your face. Um the what I think is really interesting with the Brene Brown quote is the deeper, you know, the deeper we connect with ourselves, the deeper we connect with others. And what that's really doing is reconnecting you to your authentic self. That was was pushed aside to have that feeling of attachment in whatever form that was. And that piece is really cool too. Like that's, that's a deep dive, man. You're reconnecting to who you are. Um, And the reality is we're always connected to who we are, but the more we do this work around, especially around emotion, the deeper that connection and trust in who we are um, is established and really cemented in some ways.
1: Whoa, yeah, <laughs> pretty powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We knew this yeah. one was going to be juicy. Like yeah. we, we, this, we have started presenting this in um, some of the classes that we're teaching. Um, and we have we have one coming up called Emotions Education 101. So if you want to come explore authentic emotion, come join us um, to to talk about this in a, a deeper kind of way. But when we've brought this attachment and authenticity piece into the classes or workshops that we're doing, it always just kind of. I don't know if explodes is the right word, but you see the look on people's faces around how this really this really connects with our deep experiences. And I think it's true for just about all of us. Right. That would say this like that we can identify times that we have sacrificed authenticity in the name of attachment and we can identify times that we've we've stepped into our authenticity too right? You can identify those times too. Those have happened. It's there, right? It's there. Those moments where you're like, yes, right? I, this was, this is really me, right? This was really me. And when those, those two things come hand in hand, right? That's, this is where powerful things can happen. When we find those places, those brave spaces, as we talk about, not a safe space because, whew, that's not, not, doesn't feel safe to like reveal these like deepest, darkest, hidey hole places of myself, right. Of my really authentic self. Um, I, when I, when I talk about this, I talk about like, I know a lot of people, like I know a lot of people and a lot of people know me like, but not a lot of people really know me like who I am and that's okay. Like I'm okay with it. Like that, that's, that's Okay. Right, I have these kind of like different place, different boxes that I, you know, put people in my life. Right, that you're, I know you, you're your friend, those kind of things, and there are very few people that I really feel that I can really authentically be myself. Same, same. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think, and I think so much of it is a practice, you know, I think I am getting more and more comfortable with being my authentic self, especially around my emotions. Um, I don't hesitate to cry. I mean, tears come pretty easily, not even easily. They come at appropriate times and I don't stuff them like I used to. Um, And there are other emotions in me that I wouldn't be really comfortable sharing authentically, you know, whether, and we've talked about that before, too, the feeling of disappointment, like, is it really okay to say I'm disappointed um, or feeling disappointed? So it's, it's really, it's a journey. It's a journey. And I think, I love that you pulled out the Emotions Education 101 class because that one, you know, as we look at attachment and authenticity, and we look at if it becomes an either or type of a decision at any moment, oftentimes that's when we rely on our defenses and um, ways of getting around the emotion. And the reality is the emotion's still there. I remember there was a time kind of early in my recovery where I swear I cried every day for a week, like just sobbing. And I remember um, a friend saying to me, you've been holding that a long time, Lynn, let it out, you know, and um, not judging it, just letting it out and the cleansing that I felt by not having to shift into something else to move beyond it and that was you talk about authentic that week was freaking authentic <laughs> and that was a huge <laughs>
1: dose of authentic uh, yeah. oh good stuff such good stuff well thank you for joining us for another episode of real vibes only We will look forward to your tuning in next time. And feel free to check out our website, (laughs) ebbandflowcooperative.com. So spell out and. You can find information about Emotions Education 101 in our little calendar section. Um, More information about the class and how to register. We'd love to have you um, to be authentic together. Yeah, that's the best it. way to be the best way to be. So until next time, friends, take care and we will look forward to seeing you again.